Broadcasting live from the Capital OTB Studios, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Day morning. I'm Seth Merrill. Thanks for joining us. The day after some big racing down at Park, certainly highlighted by the Pennsylvania Derby, the Cotillion, uh, another group of nice stakes races, and we'll hit on those uh, here in a little bit of a, a review. We talked about them yesterday with Tom Law, uh, who was down there uh, covering it, uh, along with our friend Tim Wilkin and Anthony Affronti. Um, when we talked to Tom, he said it had rained overnight Friday into Saturday but he was expecting things to let up during the afternoon. That seemed to be the way it worked out. Obviously, it rained so much the track was off, um, but it didn't seem like it was raining, uh, at least not heavily, during the afternoon. From the signal, it really didn't look like it was raining much at all. Um, but again, the, the damage had been done, so to speak, overnight. There was plenty of moisture, and the, the track was off, but they were still able to run a very good card, uh, uh, their <coughs> excuse me, biggest day of the year, and uh, it played out very well with uh, some nice performances, some notable performances, some upsets, um, and as I say, we'll hit on that in just a moment. They also had a nice card down at Churchill uh, last night, kicked off at 6 and went through uh, the evening, um, and that was a good stakes card as well. There was four nice stakes there that we'll hit on in a few moments. So again, we'll do some uh, recap action this morning as we normally do on a Sunday and a little preview as well because uh, we'll bring Tony Kahlo back in. We haven't talked to Tony um, since uh, we went up to Saratoga. We were having Tony plugged in pretty regularly on uh, Sunday mornings to kind of preview some of the uh, uh, Monday, act, Monday, Tuesday action at Finger Lakes. But again, once we moved up to uh, uh, Saratoga, um, we're more live than via phone, so we haven't talked to Tony in a while. But we will have Tony on uh, this morning to uh, not only preview some, action, some Monday action at Finger Lakes, but two nice stakes races, two really nice stakes races for two-year-olds tomorrow at the Finger Lakes. And uh, we will, as I say, hit on that with Tony uh, towards the end of the show, so stay tuned for all of that. We'll also hit on some news and notes and whatnot. Do want to uh, remind you and alert you that today here at the Clubhouse Racebook, it is a football Sunday as it is and will be uh, throughout the uh, football season. You can come down to the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue in Albany, and uh, Watch all the football action and catch all the racing action as well. You can also put your name on one of the squares, and if the scores match up at the end of the quarters, the half of the game, you can win some prizes. It's a lot of fun here. Clubhouse Racebook, football Sundays throughout the season, 7-Eleven Central Avenue in Albany. All right, let's jump in and uh, take a look at some of that nice uh, stakes action from yesterday down at uh, Parks, and we'll kick things off taking a look at the uh, the Pennsylvania Derby, which wound up with a very, very nice field in here. Field of uh, 11. Field of 11 was scheduled. A field of 11 went. Uh, the favorite was Saudi Crown off the close-up second-place finish 
right up here in Saratoga in the uh, Jim Dandy behind Forte. Um, I thought Magic Tap was interesting for uh, Steve Asmussen. Um, like Saudi Crown, lightly raced with only four starts. Saudi Crown had some stakes experience, though, running second in the Dwyer, second in the Jim Dandy, close-up seconds. Magic Tap was coming out of an allowance event, hadn't tried stakes company, but I thought that eh, could be an up-and-coming three-year-old. I thought that one was a little bit interesting as well. Um, reincarnate uh, certainly was taking some action or some buzz uh, leading into the race. Three to one on the morning line, went off at nine to two. But as you can see down the stretch here, as he likes to do, leads all the way. It is Saudi Crown as the favorite. I will note, though, number two Dreamlike. This is a nice late run from a Todd Pletcher, uh, Micropoli, St. Elias uh, runner. Only the sixth start of the career for Dreamlike, who got up for second under Irod Ortiz. Irod was quoted after the race saying, you know, if the winner came back a little bit, I thought we were in a good spot. My horse was really running, and he was. Um, came out of a couple of tries up at Saratoga, maiden breaker two back, and then had run fifth in a uh, allowance event behind the aforementioned Magic Tap. Magic Tap, you can see uh, the windshield colors there on the rail, is running well but just gets past late to wind up fourth. You, you, the Dreamlike gets second, and then uh, Magic Tap gets nosed out by Il Miracolo, another horse I thought was a little bit interesting. But they're well back in the first two finishers. Uh, Saudi Crown impressed. Florent Giraud on board, a 105 buyer. That's a very solid number for Saudi Crown. And right in the wheelhouse of what he's been firing in the uh, Dwyer had a 106. In that close-up second in the Jim Dandy, also had a 105. So yesterday a 105. So he's right in his wheelhouse now. Brad Cox said after the uh, the race, you know, we were waiting for a breakout performance. We got it. It was only, again, the fifth career start. So it'll be interesting. You know, they'll head to the Breeders' Cup. Where will they go? They weren't sure. But Brad Cox, I heard an interview right after the race. He said... Um, We'll look at the classic. Is the mile and a quarter right for him or not? Maybe we'll go in the mile. Um, and then I read uh, a follow-up article. I think it was Dave Grenning's article in the Racing Forum where he seemed a little more committed to, I think I'm, you look at his breeding, I think a mile and a quarter is okay. But also one of the follow-up articles, the owners were kind of like, mm, we'll do what's best for the horse. We'll kind of make a decision. They have plenty of time to decide one way or the other. I heard, I was watching uh, one of the broadcasts, uh, Yesterday, when they played the race, and after the race, somebody said, "Well, he's he's not firmly at the top." And it, it may he the, might have just meant generally, but it, it, the sentence was, "Well, he's firmly at, at the top of the three-year-old picture right now." He, and and I will give the benefit of the doubt. I think he had to be generally because I think at the top of the three-year-old crop right now is clearly Archangelo with the Belmont and the Travers. This was a nice performance, but I don't think the resume is enough to say Saudi Crown's at the top. Now he goes on and wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. That may put a different spin on things. Uh, and the three-year-olds, I think, being not a super strong three-year-old class necessarily, having kind of nobody defining themselves as the leader until Archangelo won the Travers. And he's got the Travers and the Belmont, so he's not jumping out as a superstar necessarily. He just leads the class. So it's, it hasn't been a class of superstars on the three-year-old side 
but the older division is also not uh, showing up. And so the three-year-olds, as we get to the latter part of the year, are becoming uh, a little more interesting. Uh, uh, the Breeders' Cup poll, I think, has had Archangelo on top for the past couple of weeks. So it's not out of the question that they could pick the Breeders' Cup Classic. Saudi Crown could run well. And at that point, it uh, becomes a little more interesting uh, for the Eclipse picture, perhaps. But uh, again, 105 buyer, uh, the owners, the FMQ stable, their Saudi Arabian connections, and uh, they, Brad Cox noted at one point, and then in a follow-up article, the uh, owners noted that the Saudi Cup uh, early next year is probably going to be on the agenda for a Saudi crown, but gets it done yesterday and gets it done pretty nicely, again, on the front end uh, down at Parks over. And at that point, the track was listed as sloppy and sealed. Um, so nice 105 buyer there uh, in the victory at Parks. Uh, one of the uh, few, I'm going to have to go back and actually count, but... Uh, I was going to say one of the few favorites to get it done, one of the few logicals to get it done. Um, and we'll see uh, a result of that when we look at the cotillion here. But there was a mix. There was some logicals, and, and then there were some upsets. And there was an upset, not a huge upset, but there was an upset in the cotillion, pretty mischievous. You know, we talked about Archangelo, the top of the uh, three-year-old class. Pretty mischievous has to be the top of the three-year-old Phillies, having won the the Oaks and the Acorn, and then the ill-fated Testa as well. Um, so she went off as the two-to-one favorite in yesterday's cotillion. I had her on top. I had Ceiling Crusher right underneath in the second spot. Um, and I said, Doug O'Neill brings this one in from Southern California. And you see these Southern California shippers come in and often run very well. And she had run very well already. She was a Calbred um, who had faced Calbreds in most of the career but had beaten open company last time at Del Mar. And that Doug O'Neill elected to come said something, and there she is in those lime green silks on the front. Pretty mischievous is making a late run, but you can tell it's going to be too late. Number five, a cult for uh, Chad Brown, another horse that was getting a little buzz, winds up uh, third in there. So it was, what, the three logicals. Uh, pretty mischievous was the two-to-one favorite. City uh, Ceiling Crusher and uh, Occult were both sitting uh, as the co-second choices at 3-1. to one. Um, Doug O'Neill said this was our Breeders' Cup after the race, uh, as the, this horse, Calbred, was not nominated to the Breeders' Cup. But then he noted, you know, it'll be up to the owners if they want to chunk up the extra money to, to take their shot at the Breeders' Cup. And, and, you know, this late in the game, it's a lot of money. Now they walked away from the million-dollar race with – uh, over half a million dollars in uh, winnings. So we'll see what they decide to do. But as I say, Bre uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, has a nice nomination fee if you're this late that is fairly hefty. And uh, Doug O'Neill noted, that, well, this was our Breeders' Cup. But again, uh, that's easy to say right after the race or before the race to think, well, this is uh, the – and then you win uh, – and you collect a half a million dollars, maybe you think, well, maybe we'll take our shot. So we'll see what they do with Ceiling Crusher. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised either way if they went or not. She winds up with a 93 buyer uh, yesterday. That was for her, not a lifetime best. She had fired her 94 uh, in one of the uh, Calbred stake, stakes races that she won out at Santa Anita uh, earlier this year. Um, 
pretty mischievous. Uh, again, a 93 wins the race. Pretty mischievous. Uh, her lifetime best was 96. And other than that, she had never run a 93. Her better, she has a lifetime best 96 in the Acorn. Uh, her best before that was the 92 winning the Kentucky Oaks. So she was kind of right in her wheelhouse too. But as I say, a little bit of an upset there. Not a huge upset with the co-second choice getting it done, but pretty mischievous as the leader of the division uh, winds up running second in the cotillion yesterday down at Parks. All right, uh, the gallant Bob also on the card yesterday. This was... I kind of kicked myself afterwards because I I went with Rivet, who I think went off. Well, not the favorite, the uh, the second choice. The betting public was was right. Rivet, I think, was the favorite though on the morning line. Yeah, at five to two. And I looked, and I wasn't convinced off the last two. I thought there was excuses in the last two, but I wasn't totally convinced. But I tilted towards Rivet just because I, I wasn't totally convinced on. I thought I thought they all had kind of similar pros and cons. Um, right under Rivet, I used Damon's Mound though, who was coming off a nice win uh, in a stakes race at Charlestown. Uh, Damon's Mound, you might remember, won nicely in the career debut last year at Churchill in July, and then came up to Saratoga and won the uh, Saratoga Special for Michelle Lovell. Subsequently, didn't quite live up to that. But the win at Charlestown might have indicated getting back in good form, and that's what the betting public thought. They made uh, Damon's Mound the nine to five choice. Nautical Star uh, at four to one is going to run second, and Gordon Gordian not uh, the ten runs third. Rivet winds up running fifth as the uh, five to two second choice in here. But Damon's Mound, Michelle Lovell, uh, Junior Alvarado on board, the number four horse. Um, with a nice run in here. Chart margin will wind up being just a little bit over a length. As I say, Nautical Star with Irod Ortiz is coming, coming, but just, you can tell, not going to get any momentum to get any closer than that length and a quarter uh, under the wire. So it was a a nice win for uh, Damon's Mound. And a win in a grade two that hearkened this one back to those first start couple of starts early in the career that did show some promise um as i say didn't live up to that early promise uh the big maiden win the saratoga special win and then hadn't won until that race at charlestown last time now is strong a couple together including this nice grade two yesterday at park so it seems like maybe damon's mound uh in career start number eight and nine has gotten back to the promise that he showed early in the career. It'd be interesting to see, uh, and I had, didn't read any follow-up as to what they might have planned for this one uh, next. But as I say, it seems like maybe he's back uh, to uh, what what was kind of foretold earlier in the career. He uh, had a 90 buyer. Um, that was not a lifetime best, but it was close to his life. His lifetime best was 92. Um, in a second place finish earlier this year, he had not uh, fired anything uh, at 90 or over uh, other than that. So that 90 was a pretty good number for him. And as I say, just seems like he's maybe gotten back to a, a good spot right now. We'll see where he goes next and if he can continue to uh, live up to that early promise in the career with a little bit of a late three-year-old season uh, rebound. 
Parks Dirt Mile, uh, that, this was one of the upsets I alluded to earlier and one of the more interesting races on the card because Gun Night, after uh, two, I said yesterday, these were two of the best races up at Saratoga, the uh, Vanderbilt that Gun Night just lost to Elite Power and the Forgo that Gun Night won over Elite Power. And again, two of the better races up at Saratoga this season. Coming out of the win in the four-go, Gunite goes off as the 30-cent to a dollar favorite. I said yesterday, I like Gunite. I had Gunite on top. I think off those two was the likeliest one to have to beat. Three to five, though, seemed a little short. I said Dr. Ardito for Chad Brown was interesting, and Nimitz class uh, was also potentially interesting. Nimitz class is the one who's going to prove most interesting, though, and I said when I looked, the 30 cents of the dollar meant, meant you were getting some fair value on Dr. Ardito at 4-1 to one and Nimitz class at 6-1. Uh, to one. And Nimitz class uh, is going to get it done. Paco Lopez on board, uh, going to wind up winning by almost a couple of lengths. Um, Gunite will wind up running second in here at 30 cents to the dollar. Tyler Gaffleone on board. And Tyler Gaffleone, after the race, said... You know, the, the, I'm not convinced that the mile is outside of his scope yet, but the two turns seems to stymie him a little bit. And he said he had a lot of horse still about the quarter pole and then just didn't get the, the acceleration he was kind of hoping for going forward. But Gunite uh, winds up running second in there behind Nimitz class, who again upsets at a $15 price for uh, Paco Lopez. And... The game plan here was, I think, to see how he could do at the mile and then potentially go on to the Breeders' Cup uh, dirt mile. Um, And this team has Echo Zulu to go in the sprint. We'll see what they do now. Um, They tried the dirt mile last year at Keeneland and wound up fourth. And uh, so now out of this second-place finish and and what – Tyler Gaffleone said, and I didn't hear any follow-up to that that indicated, all right, this juggles up our plans. I would think this is one where you sit down and you kind of talk about it a little bit. And uh, I I have vamped as much as I can. If the control room wants to alert me, yes or no on the replay? No, No on the replay. Okay. So we will will move on. But take my word for it. Nimitz class over Gunite with a 100 buyer for uh, Nimitz class, and he's hit the, the 100 mark uh, a couple of times earlier in the career. Um, but, but, and, and the article I read, uh, and again, it, uh, there was a couple folks for the DRF covering, so I'm not sure uh, who wrote, um, but said Gunite was, you know, kind of in his wheelhouse um, with the 100 buyer being the winner. I will say, though, Gunite has a string of triple-digit buyers, so I'm not quite sure he was at his best yesterday, uh, finishing second behind a a straight 100 buyer. But he does run second, and uh, again, now it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward uh, with regard to uh, the Breeders' Cup. All right, in the the, uh, Turf Monster, um, I was kind of surprised they... They ran it, given the the weather, but they only had a couple of, I think, there was not a lot of turf racing yesterday, and and so uh, 
I think they felt like, all right, we've got the big day, we've got the, the turf monster. Um, it could kind of fall apart. That said, the, the horses I used on the turf were also a little eligible to run well uh, had it been moved to the dirt. But I thought by land and sea was good with either surface. Um, by land and sea... Uh, is going to wind up, and I'm just looking, my pages here, uh, I'm looking at, I was looking at the alphabet soup, let me change now to uh, the turf monster, Um, and by, that that was also, the alphabet soup was one of the other uh, turf races on the day, Um, but the turf monster, Nobody Listens is, was the winner there, as you saw, the number two horse. Coming out of uh, a series of nice wins, uh, two back on the dirt at uh, Horseshoe Indy, and last time uh, on this course, Parks, the uh, grass in the Parks Dash in anticipation of this. You can see there that the rain, uh, they're kicking up kind of mud on the turf. It was a funny look. But uh, Nobody Listens gets it done. Sharp margin's going to be three lengths. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone on board. Smooth B second. Roses for Deborah third. Roses for Deborah was the horse I liked. The betting public did as well at three to five. It was a uh, filly facing the boys, however, but she was coming out of some nice efforts, including a couple of stakes wins up at Saratoga for Christophe Clement. Irod Ortiz was on board. She, you know, ran decently to be third. It was a well beaten third. She was back there uh, over just over five lengths, but nobody listens with Gaffleone on board. Coming in off a, a good season so far, four wins in seven starts, a second, a third, and again, having won that Parks Dash uh, over the Parks uh, turf last time, um, based out at Horseshoe Indy and, and came into this with a bullet work uh, out there in Indiana, so uh, he lives up to that and uh, does it with a 97 buyer, so a pretty solid number for uh, Nobody Listens winning the Turf Monster. And then, uh, as I said, on the day, there were logicals that got it done, and then there were some upsetters, some minor upsetters anyway. But one of the logicals and probably probably the most impressive performance on the day, and I said it yesterday when I was in here handicapping, um, king of the, the you know quirky subdivision of marathoners, it, it's not a... It's, there, there's not a strong string of races for these horses across the country. So, again, they have to pick their spots, and so it's kind of a quirky subdivision, but these marathoners, next was the king of that division, um, coming out of a couple of triple-digit buyer wins in the Brooklyn two-back going a mile and a half at Belmont, and then a mile and three-quarters in the Birdstone up at Saratoga, big win up there. So next was certainly logical at 30 cents to the dollar, Probably, again, too short, but as compared to some of the other ones that I thought were too short on the day, this one was was maybe a little more believable. Uh, too short, but I, I wouldn't expect too much more value there, but wound up living up to the, the short price and, and doing so absolutely convincingly. Next, again, being a stout marathoner, gets it done here. The chart margin... 25 lengths. My imagination runs second, riding with Biden, who looked uh, to, to be the, the kind of second choice in here, is going to wind up third. 
um, and just get caught. And I commented yesterday, if you had riding with Biden, watch him come under the wire. Riding with Biden, looks like Paco Lopez kind of eh, gives up here and just gets caught. He's, he's standing up on the horse. I didn't read anything afterwards. But if you lost your exacta using riding with Biden, I think you have a fair complaint there. As, again, Paco Lopez was uh, just kind of standing up as they came to the wire, and he gets caught for second by a nose. My imagination at 84 to 1 gets it done. And the exacta with the $2.60 horse on top, the exacta pays $131 with the longest price on the board uh, coming in second. But again, I, boy, Paco Lopez, to me, that, that's one the steward should take a look at and at the very least call him in and say, hey, you, you got you to kind of ride through the wire. And again, maybe there was an excuse. I don't know. Maybe he felt something in the, but again, you can see it here. He's kind of standing up and he's going to get caught for the exact. That is not a good ride, in my opinion. Uh, uh, particularly, as I said, if you had that exact, uh, I think you have a legitimate concern. Uh, let me also note, wins by 25 lengths next um, and gets a 104 buyer. Very solid. Third straight triple-digit buyer. Uh, it was the fifth out of the last six starts for uh, next. Came in up with a bullet workout, too. A stout marathoner like this, working 59 a change at Turfway just about 10 days uh, prior. So next, um, boy, uh, that... that that was, again, one of the more impressive performances uh, on the day down at Churchill. I will also say it was interesting, uh, the, the jockey, uh, Luan uh, Machado, who pretty much the regular rider, yeah, certainly over the past five starts has been the regular rider for uh, Billy Cowan's uh, training and uh, next. Luan Machado, I was watching some of the uh, evening races um, at Churchill yesterday, and he hops off the next. Goes to the airport, hops on a plane, and gets down to uh, Churchill because it was an allowance optional claiming event, uh, and a credit is a horse he had ridden and wanted to get back for, and he did get back, and a credit uh, wins the, the allowance optional claim. Let me pull up the chart here, and I'm guessing the, the purse probably made the, the trip worthwhile, but Luan Machado uh, getting it done uh, on next in the stakes race at... Uh, Parks and then hops on the plane, and yes, $141,000 purse. Uh, he gets it done with a credit a little bit later in the evening down at uh, Churchill Downs as well. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, shift our attention, take a look at some of that stakes action yesterday at Churchill. A little bit later on, Tony Kalo will join us from the Finger Lakes. They have a couple of nice stakes there tomorrow for the two-year-olds. So all of that right after this. Stay tuned.
No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America on this Sunday morning. Seth Barron in the studio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, it was a nice evening of racing at Churchill. And looking at the the uh, broadcast, it looked like they had a pretty good crowd. I, that Those evening cards down there are kind of popular. And I always think, you know, you, you throw a few of those in, maybe you bring some new fans in. I think you get a younger crowd. They were, they were kind of inter- interviewing some of the crowd. There was a younger, a happy younger crowd. <laughs> yesterday uh and a couple of them seemed like their happiness was enhanced uh on the evening but it was a nice crowd there uh, and it, uh, we talked to joe Christofek yesterday and again uh there was a number of cancellations due to that storm on the east coast uh yesterday uh, delaware pimlico uh monmouth at the meadowlands and and belmont at aqueduct canceled yesterday things seem back to normal today with that storm but when i talked to joe Christofek yesterday on the show I asked about the weather. He said, no, nah, we're not getting affected by that at all. And it is a gorgeous day, and it looked like a gorgeous night down there. So it played out well for the stakes action, which kicked off with the Bourbon Trail, three-year-olds going a mile and three-sixteenths. And we said it yesterday when we were handicapping this during the handicappers' report. It uh, had to feel like a second string, kind of an interesting little fun stakes race uh, for the three-year-olds. You had a couple of horses that were stepping out of the St. Louis Derby. Uh, Cheryl's B for Dallas Stewart. Uh, only a couple of starts in the career. One of those was in the 2000 Guineas over in the uh, over in Dubai. You had the winner, Big Data, of the uh, Super Derby. Um, so again, it was kind of a, a second stringer uh, event, but it was fun because of that. Uh, you know, horses that you start on the second string, string a couple together, and maybe move up and and face the, the first string a little bit later on, and we will see if that happens with the uh, winner here. The winner uh, is going to be number two, Slip Mahoney, um, going out for uh, Brad Cox off a close-up second-place finish in the St. Louis Derby last time. Prior to that, it won an allowance event up at Saratoga right at the beginning of the meet, and then uh, went out to uh, the St. Louis Derby, and as I say, just missed as the favorite. Well, he gets it done here. It's number two, Slip Mahoney, but it's going to be close. He's going to get up and just get by Big Data. Big Data, the winner of the Super Derby, winds up a neck behind. Oscar Eclipse, who I thought was interesting, stepping into Stakes Company for the first time for a Brian Lynch, winds up third. You know, decent little Stakes debut, I suppose, but a well-beaten third, just you know, four lengths back or so for Oscar Eclipse. Slip Mahoney, though, getting it done uh, with the, the clever name, the fun name, uh, you know, the uh, Bowery, what is it, the Bowery Boys, Slip Mahoney, um, and Al Gold uh, trainee. And I, I think they had some 
expectations for this horse early in the career that didn't quite live up to, but it's had a nice career. Broke the maiden in the third career start, then ran second in the Gotham. Had a couple of uh, less than enthusiastic performances then in the Wood Memorial and the Long Branch. Um, but as I say, came back with the allowance win up at Saratoga, the close-up second in the St. Louis Derby, and this nice stakes win uh, yesterday down at Churchill. So again, Slip Mahoney, I, I, I have the feeling they were hoping he would be in that first tier of three-year-olds. Hasn't quite worked out that way, but he's in the, that second tier of stakes-performing three-year-olds. And what with yesterday's purse um, of 180 you're verging on a half a million dollars in earnings, over $400,000 in earnings. So not a bad career in nine starts for a Slip Mahoney. Also on the card uh, yesterday, the Harrods Creek. Uh, this one also for uh, three-year-olds, but for three-year-olds sprinting seven furlongs. And ever so mischievous certainly looked uh, the part. A um, couple of wins and a couple of seconds in four starts for uh, Brad Cox, um, and the betting public made uh, ever so mischievous the even money choice, um, and he's going to live up to it here uh, and do it pretty easily. Ever so mischievous, again, in the fifth career start now, um, taking the action and will wind up getting it done. Chart margins just over three lengths. Bourbon Bash, the number one, as the longest price on the board at 11 to 1, runs second, and Loyal Company um, at uh, 5 to 2 runs third in there, but at $4.38. Christian Torres uh, on board, who's riding very well uh, down at Churchill for Brad Cox, getting it done. Career win number three and career start number five. And again, three wins, two seconds, and five starts for Ever So Mischievous. This was the stakes debut. Um, but again, for a stakes debut, that was a nice performance. Now, that said, I'm not sure this was the saltiest of stakes. I'm just looking. There are very few stakes on the resume of some of the others in here. Bourbon Bash has some stakes uh, underneath determinedly. Um, Loyal Company had the one stake start. Uh, Praetorian Guard also. Praetorian Guard, however, scratch. Um, so again, it wasn't a, a super strong field necessarily, a super strong field of stakes performers, but it was a you know, if you're going to do it, do it by uh, three lengths and do it pretty easily in your stakes debut. Um, and again, being lightly raced, you would think uh, the team has a nice little runner going forward there with ever so mischievous. Uh, the Seneca, the overnight, Seneca overnight, $175,000 for the three-year-old Phillies going a mile and a 16th. Uh, Poblano took the action. I said on the show yesterday, I thought Poblano was interesting. Moving into Stakes Company for the first time off a maiden breaker that was very good looking in the seasonal debut. Going out for Brendan Walsh and uh, Godolphin Poblano did take the action from the betting public at 3-2, to two, but disappoints when a, a well-beaten um, fifth in here. Did have some trouble in the race, but it's Jajira getting it done. Um, the number seven for Phil Bauer, Julian Lepereau on board. Went off as the... Uh, Five to two, what third choice in the race? She's looking lucky. Uh, runs second. Taxed runs third. Taxed was actually the second choice at five to two, but pretty easy victory. It's what uh, just over six lengths for Zajira. Uh, pays seven dollars and eighty cents. 
Um, and this is one that uh, was coming off of um, really a turf career, uh, if you look at it. Had had one dirt start that was okay, a fourth in the Alcibiades behind Wonder Wheel last year. Other than that, the six other starts uh, on the resume, all on the turf. So going to be interesting to see what they do with Zajira going forward had some nice workouts on the dirt leading into this and as i say the betting public looked at the record and thought it was legit regardless of the surface question marks making this one um five to two uh so zajira um out of a well-beaten sixth in the saratoga oaks invitational last time um takes a lot lot more action and gets it done had won the teppan on the turf at uh ellis in the start prior to the Saratoga start. So had a pretty good record. Three wins and seven starts, the second and a third. Now four wins and eight starts. And again, you would have to think they will definitely be looking at dirt uh, in the future. Or uh, given the win in the tep, and now they have a horse. you got to love to have a horse like that to feel like we can, we can go either direction and uh, have a little bit of life here, turf or dirt. But the that win yesterday, and I haven't seen a number yet, but it seemed like, if not the best, at least one of the better uh, runs of the career. Uh, and finally, uh, the Dogwood wound up stakes action last night. Three-year-old Phillies, grade three event. Um, I thought twice as sweet was interesting for Brendan Walsh. Uh, the buyers seemed to have a, a little bit of an edge. Uh, the betting public made that one with the actually a four choice at four to one so the betting public wasn't as convinced as I was they made uh, yesternight the uh, five to two choice yesternight lately raced for Lindsay Schultz who when we talked to Frank Vespi last weekend he said keep your eyes on Lindsay Schultz kind of a, an up-and-comer and, -comer. and uh, part of that up-and-coming uh, resume was getting tied in with Marshall Graham and 10 strike a Matacat uh, part of the ownership of yesternight but Marshall Graham tends to look around and, and give some horses to, uh, you know, trainers who maybe aren't on the front page, but maybe soon to be on the front page. And that may be the case with uh, Lindsey Schultz with yesternight, uh, again, was the favorite. But winds up third is the favorite. You know, lightly raced, a couple of starts, couple of, a couple of wins and four starts yesternight. Um, again, the one winds up third. Metaphysical, the two, as the second choice at five to two, winds up second. But it's number five, winning pretty easily. Lady Raider, 23 to 1, longest price on the board. Um, had, you know, uh, shown some early speed did in the PPs. And so you might have thought, eh, maybe, maybe this is a pace play. Although there was other speed in the race. And as it turned out, Lady Raider was not on the front end throughout. Was kind of sitting fourth early in the race. Um, so the, the early speed may have been something to attract you to play the horse at a price, but it didn't play out that way. Um, had tried the synthetic at Presque Isle in a stake last time, showed some of that early punch before fading to eighth. Two starts back was on the turf at Hawthorne, showed the speed and won, but had some okay dirt races underneath. Now I say okay, they probably, you know, they, they weren't necessarily standouts as compared to this bunch, other than the most recent dirt race at Prairie Meadows. Little stakes race and pretty much led them all the way around. That was three starts back and did it with an 84 buyer. That was a lifetime best 
and that was good enough to match up with this bunch. So if you looked at that last dirt race and looked at the price, you might have jumped on Lady Raider. That said, others were, I think, more attractive with their consistency with the numbers they were throwing. But Lady Raider did get it done at the price. And as they say, if you do a little reverse engineering, you could find I did not use Lady Raider, but if you did a little reverse engineering, there was that one race that it maybe made you say, mm. And in the future, if you see one race like that and you look up and you see a nice big price on the board, maybe worth, maybe worth an extra look. All right, uh, that takes you through some of that nice uh, Churchill action. Again, Churchill Parks both uh, firing nicely with stakes action yesterday to kind of fill out an otherwise uh, funny day with a few tracks getting canceled yesterday because of the weather, but there was still plenty of really good action. We'll look forward to some good action uh, tomorrow as well. We'll take a break, and we'll be joined by Tony Kahlo from the Finger Lakes. They have two, two nice stakes races on their card tomorrow. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Stay tuned. What if there was a way to become a better horse player, to have a better knowledge of the game, to be more successful? What if there were a way to take what you've learned, what you know, and make better decisions, better choices? In horse racing, knowledge is a powerful tool. Race results and replays, past performances and live streaming, wagering from all your digital devices. Capital OTB, become a better horse player. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America. As noted earlier, uh, haven't talked to our friend Tony Kahlo in a while because when we come up to Saratoga, we're live with the guests, so don't do uh, really anything via phone. But uh, we had been doing the Sunday visits to kind of preview some of the uh, action coming up in the week. And this week, very nice. A couple of nice two-year-old stakes tomorrow at the Finger Lake. So our friend Tony Kahlo on board. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Seth. And as I, I was talking to you off the air, we're looking forward. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be up. Uh, for a live visit at the Finger Lakes. We'll do some live cut-ins during the afternoon uh, up there. Looking forward to getting back out to the Finger Lakes. Yeah, it's been a, been a few years. In fact, I think last time you were live, uh, it was you and uh, Brian Nadeau. Yeah. That was, a, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how'd the summer go? Summer out of Finger Lakes? Summer in general? Uh, you know, it, it, it went. Uh, it was kind of like, <laughs> as you know, uh, very, uh, very wet and uh, humid and... Uh, Straight to uh, straight to some cool weather now, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, no, the, the the weather was certainly an issue uh, all over. Did did you make it out? Were you at Saratoga at all? Nope, I, I did not, Seth. And if I would have, I, I would have called you. Okay. So, uh, right. you know, I don't know if people are trying to lie to you and tell you there was a Tony no. Galo sighting. <laughs> no, 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 There no. was not. I was just, I was, I was checking because I was going to have to chide you if you didn't. But uh, we got it. We, we, we are looking forward to a live uh, Tony Kalo on the Saratoga backstretch. So next summer, mark it on the agenda. Yeah, I know. It, I, it's been long overdue. I haven't been to Saratoga in a few years, which is a shame because I'm not that far away. Take it, you know, sometimes I guess we take a few things for granted. Oh, I I can get there next year. I yeah, can get yeah. there next year. And you always have the good party out there in the back. You have a good group out there in the backyard. So, yeah, next next summer for sure. Uh, but speak, <laughs> speaking of Saratoga, we have some Saratoga uh, alumni, as it were, some horses that have raced at Saratoga showing up in the two stakes tomorrow. So we'll take a look at the two stakes first, and then you got a couple other ideas uh, on the card for tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I always love weekday stakes action because – it just kind of throws a little juice uh, into uh, the week. And with the two nice two-year-old stakes tomorrow, Finger Lakes will take certainly a lot of attention. And the things kick off in the fourth tomorrow with the aspirant uh, for the, uh, the two-year-old state breads. I pulled up a replay, Saratoga, August 12th. Uh, the winner here will be number five, Tall Paul. Tall Paul going out for trainer Bob Baffert, who I, <laughs> I was trying to think yesterday. I don't know how many Baffert horses I've seen ever start at the Finger Lakes. I mean, maybe New York Derby or maybe that old Saratoga Breeders' Cup race uh, that, that was run, uh, that old Finger Lakes uh, Breeders' Cup race that was run uh, years ago. I remember Groovy won that one year. I could see Baffert maybe going there. But he has Tall Paul uh, as a state bred, no surprise, running in New York for the big money. Uh, so Tall Paul for Bob Baffert's interesting to me. Can I get a loan? Second-time starter for uh, Jeremiah Engelhart who ran second in a debut up at Saratoga behind Trust Fund, who's also in tomorrow for Todd Pletcher. Uh, Jose Ortiz scheduled to be out there. Irod Ortiz, Kendrick Carmouche scheduled to ride. Can I get a loan? Kendrick is riding very well right now. Fun little group in here. What do you think in the uh, fourth tomorrow at Finger Lakes? Yeah, you got it pretty much covered. Uh, you know, this, uh, it's a cool race. Uh my director of racing, Todd Height, was asking me the same question. Have I ever seen a Bob Baffert horse at Finger Lake? I haven't since I've been here in 08. So that's it's pretty cool. You think about it. And then you got Irad and Jose and Kendrick and Manny Franco coming to town. I, uh, I was promoting it last week, and I was like, no, that is not a Saturday at Naira. That is a Monday at Finger Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Fletcher, you know, uh, what a race it is, the uh, – I call it the aspirant. I know. Um, I know. Ross Morton used to call it the aspirant. Um, Paul Paul, probably my top pick. I did watch the replay like you. I was. I was pretty impressed. The horse took a lot of pressure from Quiet Wisdom throughout, and seemed to have his number and opened up with a big, powerful stride. Uh, I do a pre-race analysis here at Finger Lakes the last couple of seasons, and I'm always preaching about proper spacing, and I absolutely love the spacing. Yeah. You know, the horse debuts on the 23rd of July, uh, wheeled back relatively quick crossing the country. Now has been given ample time for, for proper rest and recovery. A very nice work tab. I'll make him my top pick. But the other three, obviously, Antonio of Venice, who looked good winning on the 20th of July, sitting a nice trip. How he will adjust with an inside post, that remains to be seen. But it looks like he could be one of the uh, closers. You know, if Trust Fund and Tall Paul and maybe one of the debuters 
kind of mix it up than the one and the three or the two horses who look to try to come closing late. But I give Tall Paul the little bit of the advantage. But if you've got a if you got a big bankroll, obviously the one, three, and six look like the other three players. Yeah, as I say, the Jeremiah horse is interesting as a maiden coming in here, but with the number that one fired in the debut, I think fits in here. And again, that number was behind Trust Fund. Trust Fund subsequently uh, has some had some trouble and ran, you know, well beaten sixth in the funny side. Also cross entered uh, down at uh, Belmont at Aqueduct. Um, Today and I haven't seen any scratches today to see which which spot this horse will go in, but uh, that okay. horse is a question mark on the on the uh, race in the funny side. But again, yeah, can I'm, I, I'm glad you bring that up. I was unaware of that. So. Yeah, can I get a loan? Is the is to me kind of the the interesting player though off of that. And again, it's always interesting to see a maiden. Speaking of maiden, uh, the, the the two coming in in a debut effort, so throws a, a complete uh, puzzle piece into the uh, jigsaw there. Yeah, two debuters, the two and the five. You know, getting back to the trust fund, can I get a loan rate? I did go. I went and watched that, and you know what's funny is when you're watching the um, the pan, I'm saying to myself, boy, can I get a loan? Just doesn't really have anywhere to go, and looked like the horse was a little bottled up. Then I go and watch the head on. And I thought the horse had ample room along the inside. And, you know, it could have been just a, a debut thing. And a lot of two-year-olds, maybe they're just not quite as professional or yet still um, race-ready to, to push on through on the inside. So maybe if he gets himself into a good position and then swings out into the center of the racetrack, He'll be able to lengthen that stride. I do find him pretty intriguing, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a fun race. And I'm actually... Just checking here to see if scratches are out yet on my computer yeah. um, to, to see maybe which way. Uh, it, 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 this would be borderline. It seems like usually you don't see it until uh, until about 11 o'clock. But I'm just – oh, here we go. Andy Serling has tweeted out uh, scr- right. scratches. So let me see if – and trust fund is a scratch. So uh, that so okay. that, that means – you got him tomorrow, I would assume. If he scratched right. today at Belmont, right. you got him tomorrow. So he has another little bit of intrigue out there. Um, yeah, you know, I card. mean, if he and Paul Paul go and throw it down, like I said, maybe this three horse is a little intriguing at the 5-1 to one price. Yeah, going to be a fun uh, race there. A little bit later on, it's the girls. The uh, Ladyfinger uh, state-bred uh, two-year-old fillies going five and a half. And I pulled up a replay from the Finger Lakes going back to uh, September 11th. It's going to be number one, like a Rolling Stone. I had to show it. It's our friend Ronnie Valente, uh, a, a homebred for Ronnie by Bustin' Stones, as the n- name might indicate. And this is a pretty good-looking debut effort. Uh, it's going to win off the chart margin eight and three quarters. So they they leave this race and take a shot for uh, the better part of $103,000. But again, it's a nice, fun field of some horses uh, coming in from uh, out of town, including Moon Chariot, who tried Saratoga uh, last time. Solo Shot, who was the debut winner up at uh, Saratoga for George Weaver, certainly going to take a lot of action. Unicorn Cake for Jeremiah won in a Saratoga debut. Uh, this is a fun race. Uh, what do you see in the Ladyfinger? Yeah, it is a fun race. Um, you know, I'm looking at it from a face standpoint, and, and it looks like there's an ample amount of speed. Solo Shot. Looked very good winning on the 27th of August. I'm always a little suspect sometimes with the off the turfs onto the dirt. 
because I'm not sure who stuck around yeah. and how many of the horses were, were truly meant for the dirt. But with that said, when a horse wins by nearly eight lengths, it, it doesn't matter. It was an excellent performance. She does appear to be the inside speed. You know, Exodes, Exodes is, is a little cheaper speed. Then we throw in another turfer who's been running in five furlong races, Nikki Jolene. She could be mixing it up. I was impressed with the eight red wine and whiskeys debut run. If, if you look at the work tab, it looked like she came into her debut run, perhaps not as um, not the way you'd like it. You know, she had some workouts leading up to the 17th of July, but she had a, she had almost a month of inactivity in the morning and. And despite that inactivity, I thought she ran very well, and I know she was very well meant. I had heard a lot of good things about her. Robert Simonic, Rip, as we like to call him, he uh, he had been around the track telling everybody she was gonna she was gonna win. You and Tequila was a her dam who ran a, a lot of good races here at Finger Lakes and at at Tampa. She's my intriguing long shot. But with all that said, just the amount of speed, I was really impressed with the one Unicorn Cake debut. I, I do like the fact that she ran six furlongs and she was able to unleash a pretty good final furlong. I watched that replay and I'm the, the entire time I'm like, how does she win? When does she win? Where does she make her <laughs> run? And, and she really leveled out beautifully. I remember her damn party like grandma. And, and the fact she's going from six to five and a half with an abundant amount of speed, the only knock would be the rail. But if, if, if they just go so quick early, Kendrick will be able to probably save a lot of ground and tip out. And I'm anticipating at the eighth pole she's going to take off. I, I love horses who run with their heads close to the ground. And uh, she just showed a, a big determination to get to the winner's circle. And she's going to be my top pick. And hopefully I can get close to that four to one. Yeah, and uh, you got to love when a, when a two-year-old does that. I mean, debut effort sits off and then closes. That that says a lot for their uh, you know mindset. And Kendrick Carmouche, I mentioned it earlier, he's on a nice run. Coming into you know doing the afternoon handicapping show, coming into this week, I knew Kendrick was going well, and so I went back and looked. And going back to the last day of Saratoga, he had a win uh, a week uh, just uh, this past week on Tuesday. He was down at Parks. Took a day off, you know, on the day off in New York, went down to Parks and got a win. He won the Virginia Derby uh, a few days ago, you know, a week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so in the period, and then, so I had those numbers ready for the week at uh, Belmont and Aqueduct last week when it started. But then he had a great week as well. So I think at this point, over the past few weeks since the end of Saratoga, he's hitting at about 25%. So having Kendrick on board is certainly a bonus for uni- Unicorn Cake as well. Good, nice deal. Like I said, the, the one concern is the rail positioning, but it just appears with uh, with so much speed, she's going to get a, a beautiful trip. And, and and I do believe, you know, that that debut run six, getting five and a half in the second career start, I'll take my chances. Yeah. I'll take my chances with Unicorn Cake. I like it. A uh, couple more ideas on the card tomorrow. Race number three, it's a state-bred optional claimer. Um, non-winners of two, a mile and a sixteenth. What do you see in race number three? We're going to try to generate some value for us. Uh, Royal Suspect is the second choice at five to two. Been beating up on starter allowance competition. Uh, this is a big step up in class to the second state bred. 
a lot of money is going to go on a lure of money because he won the New York Derby, and then everyone's going to see that he just ran in, you know, in the in the Albany. And I have my doubts a little bit. I'm on the five shared success. I've I've been a big fan of this horse for dating back to last year. You know, it's pretty cool about this horse. He um, you really look into his PPs. I can't recall if it was. I think it was 20. He might have debuted in 20, and he had a little bit of issues, and he he didn't get back to the races for quite some time, and then he came back like in 20. He might have even been 19 for all I know, maybe when he was a two-year-old, and then he got back to the races in 21, and he didn't have many races. And last year he was able to put together a solid campaign. He won four of nine. He made 76000 Love the way he looked on the 18th of July. Uh, Octu Lieber's come back and won since then. And uh, I'm willing to forgive the efforts at Saratoga. He was in a small field when he ran in the Wilson shoot race on the 5th of August. And, and I believe if you really look at his form, he's a lot better when he gets pace to chase, a target to pursue. I'll throw out the turf race. If you give me anything close to five to one, I'll go. I'll go both fists on shared success. Kybar going very well, uh, and uh, yeah, five to one. Uh, I like that. I like that. And I pulled up. Uh, I pulled up the Equibage page while you were talking, and you nailed it. Started in 2019, had three starts in 2019, one start in 2020, no starts in 2021, but since coming back, has has run very very well. I, I, I still have a pretty decent little memory for an old for an old timer. Seth. <laughs> Very good. Uh, sixth race tomorrow. Uh, state bred allowance runners five and a half furlongs the trip. What did you see in the sixth? I'll tell you what. This is this is one of the cooler races on the card. You know, we we just talked about that nice second state bred allowance race. We talked about the two year old races. If the fans are unaware of Jack and Bernie. Well, you'll you'll get a, you'll get to know a little bit about him tomorrow. Uh, he has so far been a buzzsaw. He's won by nearly 12 lengths in his debut, near, by nearly nine in his second start. Last time out, go watch the replay, everybody. This horse wins in ten and three, which is racehorse time at Finger Lakes. We don't see a lot of ten and changes there, and he's geared down. You know, the Breeds had a really, really nice horse once upon a time with that, uh, what was his name, Breaking the Fever, I believe that was his name, Seth. And um, this horse looks like he could be every bit as good as him. It, it's pretty interesting. He is Winston Chance's little brother. And Winston does most of his good running going two turns. And, you know, you would think with Destin as the sire that this horse would probably be a two-turn horse, but he has just been running holes in the wind in these six furlong affairs, and he's an absolute freak. Uh, obviously, you got to beat him. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. I just hate being a jock-eating weasel. I'm hoping maybe CJ's Grand Slam can just soften him up a little bit. I'm going to land on the outside horse, Trelad. Obviously, obviously, you've got to beat this Jack and Bernie, but Trelad has really impressed me. I've gotten to know Carl O'Callaghan just a little bit. It's not like we're best of buddies or anything, but a couple little occasional text messages and tweets. And uh, this is a great story. I don't think he paid a lot of money for this horse. I believe he has rescued the dam oh, nice. from, a, from a situation that wasn't great. And I believe he's taken taken her in at his, at his farm. 
which is pretty cool. Uh, he won he won a big race once upon a time with Kinsale King and the uh, Golden Shaheen at Dubai years and years ago. And he has really just been a horseman with Trelad. He, he's given him ample time between races. He's looked sensational in four starts. He ran his heart out in defeat to Victorious Wave. And you'll remember out of that affair, Victorious Wave went to uh, Saratoga and won a, won a 32 or a 25, I believe it was. Came back, beat Rallo. Last time drew the rail, had a bad start, took off late. Rallo had the lead. He couldn't reel him in. If anybody's going to reel in Jack and Bernie, it's this horse. And you're going to get value on him tomorrow because they're going to bet Jack and Bernie off the board. And maybe you get nine to five, two to one, five to two on Trillat on the outside. All right, I like it, and uh, yeah, looking to see what Jack and Bernie can do in career start number four after the three big wins so far. So that'll make that a, a fun race, also. Uh, Tony, as always, appreciate the visits, and uh, we will continue to, to plug in to do a little preview of some of the Finger Lakes action. But looking forward to coming up for a visit sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's going to be awesome, Seth. We're always, we're always happy when you guys are in town. Yeah, we're happy to, to swing by. So uh, we'll see you then, and thanks for the visit this morning. One shameless little plug, uh, all fans, uh, we have free uh, past performances online, fingerlakesgaming.com. Click on the racing tab. Scroll on down to free digital program. One fifteen tomorrow, Seth. Uh, very good, and I'll remind people also, we have on our website, we've been putting up the, the pick sheet uh, for Finger Lakes as well. If people look for our tip sheet, uh, page on the Capelo TV. You can find them on the Finger Lakes website as well, but if you're browsing around ours, uh, we put the, the uh, Finger Lakes tip sheet up as well, but go out to the Finger Lakes website for the free PPs. That's a nice bonus also. Yep, and that, and that, tip, that tip sheet is included with those free programs also. Fans. Excellent, excellent. Tony, thanks a lot. We'll talk again. Thank you, sir. Tony Kalo from the Finger Lakes. Again, two nice uh, two-year-old stakes uh, tomorrow with some notable uh, New York names heading upstate for the action as well. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for uh, a Sunday morning uh, after a nice, uh, again, stakes day that allowed us to recap some really nice stakes uh, uh, that helped give some juice to a day that kind of fell apart yesterday with the weather. But it looks like the weather has moderated and that storm has moved away. Um, So, you know, we were affected by some cancellations yesterday, which, as I say, again, uh, we... We're eventually helped by a good action at parks all day long. You got to watch some nice action down there and then went right into the evening with a good card uh, last night at Churchill Downs. So things, we had a little, we had a hiccup as far as the weather and some tracks canceling, but we still had great, great racing action yesterday. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you cashed some tickets. We'll do it all again today. Uh, I'll be back in about an hour and a half or so to kick off OTV Live for a Sunday afternoon. We'll take a look at some of the action. Um, I have some uh, Belmont and some Churchill. uh, And as usual on a Sunday, I'll probably head over to our printer over here and print up uh, Saratoga Heart. Last last Saturday at Saratoga, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it up, but last Saturday or last Sunday at Saratoga Heart, it was a a pretty good day. Uh, We'll see if we can uh, give some ideas out on the sulky side uh, again this afternoon, but we'll have plenty of thoroughbred action that we'll take a look at also, but all that coming up, as they say, about an hour and a half or so for OTB live. Otherwise, one more reminder that, uh, football Sunday here at the clubhouse race book every Sunday throughout the NFL season, come on down, watch all the football action, enjoy all the racing action, put your name on one of the squares and, uh, maybe you win some prizes at the end of the quarters, the end of the game. Um, always a lot of fun down here 
at the Clubhouse Racebook throughout the NFL season. Football Sunday, 7-Eleven Central Avenue in Albany. And also, you can, for dollars, you can grab a little lunch, hang out with your buddies, have some fun down here. Not just on Sundays. You can have fun every day down here at the Clubhouse Racebook. But Sundays, you can enjoy the football action as well. All right. We'll wrap it up for this Sunday morning. Seth Merrill with Racing Across America. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. So, again, we'll be back in about an hour and a half or so with OTV Live for a Sunday afternoon. We'll see you then. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting.